Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. And on this week's episode, we have on Nick Novak, who competes in both Lone Star Drift and the East 10 Drift Series, who drives an E36, and I can't remember all the details. Uh, we recorded the show yesterday, and uh, yesterday was was a very long day for me, and it, it kind of shows a little bit within the, within the interview. Uh, I do apologize ahead of time, uh, but I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you. For those people that don't know you, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, what you drive, and uh, where you drive. Uh, hey, I'm Nick Novak. I drift a Turbo S54 E36 in Lone Star Drift and East 10 Drift. Nice. How long have you been uh, competing? Uh, this is my second season of Pro-Am, and I did a year of grassroots competition before that. Oh, okay. Did you do any driving before that, or did you just kind of jump straight into it? I did about a year or so of just regular track driving, and then I'd say a season of non-competition fun stuff, just to get some seat time. Nice. And uh, the different is there is there a huge difference between East Ten Drift and Lone Star, other than you know the number of rounds? Um, I, both are great in their own different way. Uh, I feel East Ten is run more like a Pro Two event would be, and Lone Star is more of a relaxed feeling, but the competition is still pretty intense. Okay, and then there's a lot, there's like a ton more drivers out at a um, Lone Star Drift event, I assume. Yeah, at Lone Star, pretty much anyone who wants to compete in Pro-Am that passes tech is allowed to because of the way that they have their uh, bracketing and tier system. Uh -huh. Whereas East 10 pre-sold 32 spots, and those are the spots for the season. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know it was. Uh, it was like that. And then I've had them on. And I think maybe I missed that one during our conversation. Um, yeah, I think I think they might be transferable, but they were limited to thirty-two spots for this year. Oh okay. And that, is that for the year or is that per round? That's I believe for the year. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so how are you doing right now? Currently in both series. Uh, right now in Lone Star, I'm sitting in first after this last round, and in East 10, I believe I'm sitting fifth. And you guys have one more round to go for Lone Star, and... Yeah, one, one more in each. Okay. So, our next round of Lone Star is the Sunday after Formula Drift Texas. We're also going to be at Texas Motor Speedway, but we run the reverse layout. Mm-hmm. And then our last round of East 10 is at my hometown track where we do all of our grassroots driving at Linear Raceplex across the street from Road Atlanta. Oh, no. oh so you're an Atlanta native? Yeah. Uh, as of now, yeah. <laughs> wow, man. That's a long... Isn't that a kind of a long drive to Lone Star? Yeah. It was... It's... On average, it's about 13 to 13 and a half hours one way. Okay, so it's like a day to get there, basically. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, I leave my house at about 6 in the morning, and then we get there around 7 at night. Okay, that's not that's not too bad, you know, but for seven rounds, damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, uh, last season it took us a little bit to sort of make it as efficient as possible. There were a couple times where it took us a little over 16 hours. Oh, wow. And that's uh, stopping for pee breaks, I assume? Yeah, stopping for breaks, stopping for food and fuel. Uh, whereas this year, we pretty much have all of our stops planned out for whichever venue we're going to. Gotcha. And try to stop for fuel and food at the same time. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so let's let's uh, dig a little <laughs> bit more into your car. So what do you have done to that thing? Oh, it's got pretty much everything. It's... So it started life as a NASA spec GTS three car. And for that first season where I had it, where I was driving grassroots, all we had done to it was, uh, an angle kit and a handbrake. But when I got it, it had the full cage. It was an NAS 54. So it was only making around like 300 horsepower, but it's plenty for grassroots. And then um then when i moved up to pro-am we ended up turboing it and kept pretty much everything else the same and then i ended up blowing out the valve cover gasket and cracking a couple pistons on that engine just because it was a a uh, pretty beat on s54 when we threw the turbo on it and uh it didn't like it very much, so got that replacement, and then ran that for a season. Uh, the there were two rounds last year where we actually had the built engine in. Okay. And then now we're still on a built engine. And did you and do then, anything between like the off season, or you just kept running it? Uh, the car is mostly the same from last season. The biggest difference is we got one of the RTS 660 sequential transmissions, which we got for a pretty good deal. We got in on the, uh, the pre-order. Oh, nice. Okay. And that, so it saved quite a bit of money on that. And then it's one of those transmissions where you can transfer it chassis to chassis, engine to engine just swapping out bell housings and it that thing has been so good yeah that's uh that's a nice piece of equipment there um what were you on previously it was a stock e36 zf oh, okay yeah so yeah did you how much uh did you have to change the drive shaft completely or did you just kind of have the current when you had modified uh when we switched to the new trans we had to get a, a one-piece drive shaft made and we actually had to lower the diff a little bit so that it wouldn't hit the gas tank because I'm running a factory fuel tank still. Ah, okay. Okay. I mean, how much, uh, about how much power are you putting down? Uh, depends on the day, but <laughs> on average, right. on average, I run right around, uh, I'd say mid 500s, but I can turn it up to about 650. Oh, wow. I wish uh, I wish I had that that range with the NA. You don't get that fun stuff. Yeah, it's just like nope. This is what you get. Deal with it. <laughs> um, that's cool. Any uh, any big 
plans for next year if you get your Pro 2 license? Will you be staying in Pro-Am, or are you going to just move up? Uh, the plan as of right now is to build a new chassis because the current chassis cage doesn't follow the FD rulebook. And it also has, you know, it's seen a lot of abuse through its life, not just with me, but before I got it even. Yeah, okay. I can see that. But we're going to try and set it up as similar as possible to the current car. And will you be, oh, so you'll be sticking with the E36, obviously. Yeah. If there's one car uh, you could build that wasn't an E36, what would you build? Like, no budget is an issue it's tough it'd be it's between an e92 and a 2 series i'm leaning more towards a 2 series just because it's it's a very similar size to a e36 the wheelbase is just a tiny bit shorter but the overall body length is over is just an inch longer so dimensions wise i feel like it's pretty similar but I just love how they look, especially the M2s. Yeah, that's a nice car. Uh, and uh, since you're sitting first with one more, are you technically are guaranteed your license right now, or is it, or can you we, still possibly? We did the math. I I'm pretty sure that if I get the points for showing up, mm-hmm. then I'll secure. A spot in the top three but I'm not going to chance that and I'm gonna still try to do as much as I can to secure it at the next round but it's it's looking like I've got it nice uh, what do you if you don't mind me asking what do you do for a living to afford this stuff I currently I'm taking a break from school, and I have very supportive parents. And oh, nice. I can't say enough good things about them and how supportive they've been and how thankful I am. Yeah, I don't knock that. Some people will be like, Daddy paid for it. And like, that's – I have a kid. If I if I have the opportunity to do the same, I, I will. I would, yeah. without a doubt. Um, yeah. I try to help out where I can. You know, I you know help work on the car, you know – if something breaks, I try and help fix it with my limit within my limitations. Okay, so you try mostly and... just focus on driving. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, and it's like some people kind of be, uh, well, I don't say anybody would be like that, but you know, some people might be like, oh, well, he doesn't work on his own car. There are people like that. Yeah. So yeah, no, but that's cool. It's one of those, yeah, it's like. I'd like to, I try to when I can, but I also, I know my limitations. (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather, rather let someone know or let someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. I wish, uh, I wish I did that because, uh, I don't and I just go for it and then I'm like, oh, I don't even like measure risk or anything. I just kind of hope for the best. But, uh, When's your next round? Is it this weekend or next? It is... Let me look at the calendar real quick. I know it's coming up. 
Yeah, I leave on Wednesday the 11th. It is on Sunday the 15th. That's Lone Star around 7. Okay. But I'm leaving on Wednesday so that I can attend FD for Thursday through Saturday. Oh, okay. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I actually always wanted to go to that Texas round. It looks actually looks really fun. Um, and then the fact that you guys do, you guys kind of run it with FD, like right after, I feel like it'd be definitely be worth the money to go out there and to at least, in you know, have the experience. Yeah, it's definitely a, a fun track. I've personally, I've done entries there as fast as, I believe, 108. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's one of those enter fourth gear pinned and only slow down when you're going into the last turn. Okay. It's it's pretty insane. What's uh what's the first track you've ever drifted at? Uh first track is Lanier Raceplex, the place across the street from Road Atlanta. Oh, okay. So it's uh I forget the size of it, but it's a an old NASCAR track and it's a fully paved track. Uh, I know a long time ago there used to be walls for the infield, but those aren't there anymore. And it's essentially just a giant skid pad with banks. Oh, wow. Is that the, so, uh, did you, do you guys like have like a cone set up or anything like that? Yeah. So they have a bunch of plastic barriers that we re we can recreate layouts we can create new layouts and one of the really cool things that uh they've done with iTrack motorsports which is our local ser uh, our local um organization is they try not to run the track twice so i don't think i've ever run the same track twice at lanier hmm. yeah they've been doing that with the series i competed in as well except for like round four they run like the fd layout yeah for irwindale um but it's been so we have like it's going to be eight rounds and se it's seven times it's been a different tr it's seven different tracks eight different rounds within the two years it's been open which is kind of nice but at the same time it's like well you had one that was good why'd you change it <laughs> yeah there have been a couple where i've been like yeah i really want to run that again but at the same time you know being able to run all the different tracks helps you with diversity as a driver yeah and it really helps you adapt to new track layouts yeah for sure and then was that like the first time you you linked a track was that their one of their events yeah so uh it was the the first event i did i think i only spun three times and before that i had been doing a lot of assetto corsa drifting and uh before that fours of four drifting on a, a steering wheel mm-hmm so I, I feel like the years of doing all of that definitely helped give me a head start when I started actually driving. Oh, okay. I've actually never used one of those steering wheel things, but I've been wanting to try one. Yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I say you don't get is the, uh, definitely the G, uh, the G sense. Okay. Like the sense of all the G forces and and uh, you know the all the feelings that you get through your seat when you're driving. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of a disconnect, but it definitely helps with 
with your muscle memory and trying to uh trying to i guess develop that like a muscle memory skill also yeah but you know when you're doing that you're also relying on how it feels in the car like with the actual yeah i can see what you're saying yeah you know being connected to the car is completely different than being connected to a machine that doesn't move right so with the with the simulators you can get you get really good practice but you still have more to learn when you get to an actual car yeah yeah i I can see that um how'd you actually like discover drifting where how did you find it uh i was i don't remember what movie i went to see with my dad but i was probably somewhere between six and eight and we were at the movie theater and i saw the preview for tokyo drift in the movie theaters and i was like that's awesome and uh, uh, a couple years later, they ended up having one of the D1 USA events at, uh, at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. This is back when I lived in Las Vegas. And I ended up being able to go to that and uh, pretty much got, got semi-hooked there and then rediscovered it when I was living in Florida and found out that there was a Formula Drift event about 45 minutes from my house at PBIR. So I asked my dad if we could go to it. He said yes, and I've been doing it and wanting to do it ever since and loving it. Nice, man. That's a, It does suck you in, dude. Yeah. Um, what would you say, like, the biggest mistake you've made that you've learned from... Um via drifting uh you know whether it's driving or something that you just learn from drifting whether it's the community or you know actually behind the wheel stuff there have been a handful one of the biggest ones is take the time to do things right the first time yeah because i've seen people break their cars or you know I've messed something up because I was trying to rush through something and not just taking my time assessing everything and then avoiding those issues. Okay. And then, uh, you know, like when you went to your, your, um, your first FD event, was that something, like, right then you realized, like, hey, I want to do this? Like, are, are you, and that's assuming you're shooting to do Pro 2 and move up the ranks. Yeah, when, uh, so I, uh, the first FD event, I definitely knew I wanted to drift. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know, like, in terms of events or where to find events. I didn't know how to actually get into FD at the time, or if that was even, you know, possible for just somebody that's not already in it. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I had an E36 from uh, a daily, and you know, before that, I'd thought 
that the only cars that you can drift are 240s. And then when I went to that event, I saw Chelsea Denofa in his E36, and it, it just made me realize there's so much more to drifting and so many different cars that can be in drifting and so many different cool factors. And... Yeah, I was just I was just blown away by everything at that event. Yeah, that's a it's definitely something different when you first see it. Um I know it was for me at least. It's like when uh the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh I was just gonna say the, the driving at that D one event back in two thousand seven that I went and saw was nowhere near as exciting and insane as the the FD event that I saw a few years later. It was just crazy how much it progressed in just that short amount of time. Yeah, I've never been to one. I've seen them like on TV, and I, I just don't find them as exciting as an FD event. Then again, I have no idea what they're saying. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. At yeah, least probably. when you hear like, Jared start yelling, it's like, oh, I understand English, so I know what he's saying. <laughs> um, but, you know, the stuff in depending on how uh, close they are. Uh, the D1 for me is kind of hard to follow because they don't do, they don't have line and I just, it, it kind of confuses me. Yeah. So I just yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. This one was, was back in 07. So I think they, I think they were still doing the, um, uh, just the, the human judges at the time. But I, I still just I don't understand the DOS system completely. It's just so much more confusing in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I it was explained a little bit, um, and I kind of understand it. But at the same time, it's like, mm, well, there's like a big window there that's missing. Yeah. Um, so I just think you know, it's I think it's definitely <laughs> useful, um, but I just think it needs like more people needs more people involved. Uh, that's just my opinion though uh, what are your long term goals with this um, I mean I really want to get into Pro 1 and I would love to be a champion for FD uh, I know it takes a lot a lot of practice and hard work and there's so many good drivers but in, in a long-term goal, that's that's my ultimate goal, is to, to win an FD championship. In Pro 1? Yes. No, no. That's, I'd, that's I'd like, like to get one in Pro 2, too, but... Like, but yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm but... Sure. Yeah. I'm like, but Pro 1 is the goal. No, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people are a little bit... Like, won't admit to that that's what they want. Um, yeah. So, but that's, that's cool like, that... I have, I have a lot of fun at, you know, fun events and, and, you know, show, show events like grid life, but where I have the most fun is definitely when I'm competing and being able to progress and compete against people at a higher level is, is just super satisfying to me. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just like that learning curve. 
Yeah. And like that big challenge you get with, um, you know, driving with people who are better than you. Right. And you, you know, every time you drive with the people that are better, you always learn something. Definitely. I agree. Um, what, what tires are you, are you running, uh, in your series? Uh, this year I've been running the Valinos. Okay. Uh, I've been on the, the Pergias for most of the events. There were a couple where I used the, the Grievous, which is their higher treadwear practice tire, but both have been super great. Really? That's good. I've, I've, uh, I've been wanting to try them, but they're not, you know here locally for me to just go pick up i know i can order them have them shipped but yeah i haven't obviously i haven't wanted to try them hard, bad enough to order a set yeah it's part of it for me has been uh you know that the valina part of the valino headquarters is or one of the warehouses i should say is in houston and we have four events there okay. out of the seven for texas so a lot of the time I just, when I get into town, I'll go and pick up the tires as opposed to getting them shipped. Yeah, that would make sense because. Yeah, it's a very, very good convenience for that. Yeah, especially depending on how much they're charging you for shipping. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when's the next <laughs> event for East 10 Drift? East 10 Drift is the end of September. Let me pull up the calendar. Get the right date. It is on the weekend of the of September 28th and 29th. Usually we'll have uh, the competition on Saturday, and then there will be a, a Sunday fun day. Gotcha. But the, the Sunday they usually also reserve just in case there's any any sort of complication on Saturday or any sort of weather situation that has to shut them down for the day so that they have the, the track to, to, uh, continue and finish the event. Gotcha. But, uh, what are you, uh, working with as far as sponsors right now? Right now, uh, the biggest people helping me out are Titan Motorsports, the, uh, their shop here in Atlanta, and they they uh, built my car from the ground up even before I got it and maintain it, and I've been working with them ever since I've been into motorsports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they specialize in turbo uh, BMW 3 Series builds, but they'll work on and build pretty much anything that goes fast. Oh, nice! They've got At they've least got their own. To do it. Yeah, they've got their own dyno facility. They've got uh, you know an AC uh, room for, or lounge, I would say, for uh, for having dyno days, for instance. So you can sit in the AC while the dyno's being run and not have to have your ears blown out and <laughs> be sweating your nuts off. 
Yeah, it gets hot in those damn rooms. I've seen some tuners. I'm like, man, you're right. Do you, do you like need a gallon of water? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And they'll man, be like sitting in your car too, and I'm like, I know it's hot in there. Yeah, I get sweaty just after two runs in the race car. I can't imagine sitting in there for yeah. you know an hour at least. And I have a cool shirt, and I'm still soaking wet. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the worst. Do you have one of those? Yeah, I just got one for this year. Uh, I didn't get it until a few rounds in, though. Dude, it's like but it's it's been night and day. Yes, it's oh, it's so much nicer. I think not having one, I just honestly, it should be a damn rule because it, it just keeps you so much more bet. Like, um, keeps you on your toes. Like it, like when you're in the heat, it's like you're thinking about the heat so much. And yeah, that's like one. Just that's like, just one more thing to take your mind off of the driving. Or to yeah, help you're you just focus. like, ah, uh, it's so hot. Whereas with the cool shirt, you're not worried about being hot. You can yeah. just, just think about what you're actually doing. I know. I think I want to invest in a um, a fresh air pump for the uh, helmet. That'd I, be really nice. Yeah, I think that's going to be my my next investment when it comes to like any accessory. Because um, that, I heard, is like a night and day difference. Um, but then again, I heard this from an off-road guy. He's like, so it might might be completely different. Uh, I know, I remember seeing that Papadakis put one in Osbo's car to help keep, like, smoke and uh, fumes and stuff out of his helmet and out of the air that he's breathing to try and help. Oh, nice. I didn't even know it did all that. I honestly just thought it blew air into your helmet. Yeah, uh, I guess they're running uh, some sort of modified Tesla cabin air filter on there. Oh, theirs. shit, really? Yeah. Damn, I gotta There's, look into that now. I haven't seen any pictures of their stuff specifically, but uh, I remember a little while ago, Steph posted a picture of the filter itself and was explaining that that's what they were using it for. Hmm, that's actually really good to know. I'm gonna have to look into that. Because I'm pretty sure one of these cars I have has a cabin air filter box. Like, it just makes some venting, too, and use that, like, as a filter. Yeah, that'd be nice. Who's, uh, who's one of, your, like, the biggest drivers you look up to the most? I mean, there's a bunch of people, I'd say... Favorite style is probably Chelsea... Um, I love the, the consistency and aggressiveness of James Dean and there's other guys like Osbo and so many good drivers. Yeah, no, no I know it's, it's not a, just it's, a it's simple question to answer. There's like so I'm many a, options. A, yeah, I'm a big fan of drifting as a whole, but my favorite style I really like the European style. Not just because I love European cars, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. They just have that that mix of of aggression and precision. Yeah, they do. I was uh, I've been starting to like dig into like the Europe stu- European stuff uh, recently, and uh, just getting my kind of getting um familiar with it i guess the people yeah. who you know because they're obviously um some of them are going to come over here 
it's kind of better to you know when james dean came i was like i don't know who the fuck that guy is i don't even know about <laughs> him a little bit um but now that i'm trying to like you know get into it a little bit see whether see what these guys are doing and man like their their tandems are so much tighter and yeah, so much more like precise like it's it's really crazy yeah they have so many different technical tracks over there it's insane yeah and then you know it, even though like a lot of them like with any drifting you know most most people are running s chassis um and then over there you see a little bit more bmws and stuff like that so i think that's kind of cool too yeah but uh let me see i think huh, i didn't get no questions and and sorry about earlier i i posted the wrong i had a long day like you <laughs> you messaged me I and then i was like yeah and then i i had talked to another guy um about coming on and i got you guys mixed up by accident i i apologize about that um, that's all good yeah but i do want to thank you for coming on um thanks for having me i do appreciate it and and i wish you the best of luck hopefully uh if you, hopefully your math is right and you get that license and then you just basically have to uh show up right yeah with uh with the way the the lone star system works is uh there isn't qualifying the the brackets are based off of the the seating from the previous round and then anyone that didn't compete at all gets seated in based on how they do in practice at the bottom of all the ranked drivers. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so for instance, if Pro 2 drivers come out to round seven, they'll get seated in to the bottom and will have to battle the way up to be, uh, be in that upper bracket where oh, you okay. can... Well. That's good. At least they're like, hey, you got to work for it if you're going to be here. Yeah. So it doesn't, like, screw you guys over or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those, it's, it's good and it's bad. Part of me wishes we actually did qualifying so I could get qualifying experience. That's what I was going to ask you. How is your qualifying? East 10 does qualifying, correct? Uh, they They do a similar thing where they base it on how you do in practice so they watch they're what the judges are watching all through practice and they uh they seed you in the 32 person bracket based off of how you perform in practice oh okay i completely need to go back and listen to the episode i recorded with um can't remember the gentleman's name Louis, Garza, yeah. Okay, so it is. Okay, yeah. Um, I did an episode with him, and then I'm pretty sure we discussed it. I might have to go back and listen to it now, uh, so I can remember all that fun stuff. So no, yeah. no qualifying practice. How how are you under pressure? I've definitely noticed I've been getting a lot better. Oh. Um, there were a few times last season, and even at the beginning of this season where I just get the get nervous out of nowhere and get the shakes, but I've I've figured out my formula to avoid all of that and it's it's definitely helped. Yeah, it's I 
I kind of question sometimes like how that's going to help, you know, the gar- the drivers coming from, you know, a pro-am series that doesn't really require a whole lot of qualifying. Like, yeah. If that's going to benefit them or hurt them. I feel get, like it's put them in a handicap it, of some sort. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of both. You definitely benefit because it, it allows for a, a lot more seat time. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that having to perform under pressure sense yeah uh, sense yeah and then uh one guy argued that, that you know since you know that they're watching you during practice that it does push you to perform better and um i, yeah, I guess i can I, see, I can that, see that too so, so it, i guess it just depends but i guess there's only one way to find out and that's actually to go to an event and see how you kind of stand up against everybody yeah. Especially if they pace you and like, hey, you're in the lower bracket. That obviously means you did not do well. Yeah. In practice, but it still gives you a chance to move up. So yeah, okay, I see it. I'm pretty sure even at the uh, the shootout events, they don't do qualifying. I think they just yeah, draw they... names out of a rent like just yeah, randomly. It's random, from my understanding, and it's like a forty cap, forty seats. Um, yeah. And they have like, like a double, double elimination. elimination. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to one. Um, hopefully next year I can I can afford one. And a uh, the pro am series here. So we'll yeah. See. But alrighty, man. Uh, again, thank you uh, for coming on. Yeah, and thanks I wish for having you the me. Best of luck. Thanks. And I will talk to you again soon, man. You have a good one. All right. Thanks. You too. Uh, bye. Bye.